0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the P2 Podcast, where we discuss all topics ranging from fitness, lifestyle, religion, spirituality beliefs. I'm going to stumble over this now, of course, because Bryce just hyped me up. But thank you again for joining us on this installment, where Bryce and I will talk uh, just controversial fitness beliefs that we hold. We'll discuss those. Um, kind of bounce some ideas, hopefully get some feedback from you guys in the comment section. Again, you can listen to us anywhere that is YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, anywhere that will take our money. So I give you Bryce. What are we going to talk about?
1: Yeah, so I'll just kind of expand on that. um I, I thought it, it would be a pretty cool thing for us to dive into because you and I, we work together, we're really good friends. But even whenever we have private conversations, most people probably don't know this, but like we have really divergent beliefs on a lot of things. We're able to be civilized because we understand how to have like difficult conversations. And most of the time we can put ourselves in the other person's shoes and be like, I get where you're coming from. I just don't necessarily hold that belief. Um, With with fitness, we work with each other. So inherently, we tend to believe the same things, but there are certain things that um, just because of the sports that we played growing up or like our our upbringing with fitness or the things that we still currently enjoy or maybe like our coaching or client experiences, things like that. Um, We still do differ on some things. And I thought that it would be a kind of fun exercise for us to talk about the things that we believe or that we have opinions on that were controversial or um, unique, maybe a little bit against the grain. Um, My goal was to try and present things that you would disagree with, but I don't know how close we'll get to that because I feel like we'll probably still kind of be close to the same page. Um, But I definitely want us to be able to talk about things that most people will probably disagree with. And um, hopefully we'll be able to present a good enough argument or case to at least get people to not hate us after this.
0: (laughs) I'm not going to hold my breath on that. That's fair. Um, No, I think that'd be really, really interesting. Like you said, I think it's one of those things where... um, There's conversation and some people say conversation and dialogue are the same thing. And I disagree. I think that dialogue serves a purpose. I think that dialogue is going somewhere. Dialogue leads to understanding. It's nuance. I know it's just my nuance on that, but conversation to me is what happens. People just fucking talk. People just like fill space with words. Um, And I think that that's one of those things that whether it's been, and honestly, like we, we align on a lot of different things. Um, I think that we both, acknowledge our logical perception of things which tend to be pretty aligned and then we also acknowledge the emotional aspect of like this is also just how i feel about this and it will shade my logic and recognizing that is i think the root of having really like constructive dialogue and realizing hey listen like we kind of get to the same place um but you know we just come at it from a different angle and i think that that is like the root of really good dialogue no, agree with that. So, you want to get this
1: started? Yeah, you want me to start with mine? I figured I could start. Where? Um, I like that. Yeah, that might that might take a little bit of pressure off of you. <laughs> so, I'm I'm going to start out kind of uh kind of heavy hitting here. I'm going to do my best to explain and articulate what I mean by this, but I'll just go ahead and say it. Whenever you hire a coach, there is a good chance that they. Do not actually give a fuck about your goals. And that's going to sound really harsh, but let me explain. Hmm. Most coaches are not making enough money to be able to focus on anything other than making enough money to pay their bills. So their goals are make money. Lots of other secondary tertiary goals. Get their clients to their goals. Unless a coach is successful enough to be able to actually focus on their clients' goals as a priority, and basically say, "Hey, their bills, my bills as a coach, I'm set financially. I'm good. I don't have to worry about that." Now, all of the other things, my clients' goals, my client successes, those things can now float to the top of my own priority list as a coach. But most coaches will never be successful enough to where their client's goals truly are their number one priority. And I know that that is probably going to be pretty controversial because no coach will ever admit that. No one will ever admit that. Um, And I'm sure that people will like talk shit for me even saying that. But I truly think it's, it's true even for people, coaches who are naturally
0: very empathetic. It. Yeah, no, that was a good one. Um, <laughs> so, of course, the whole time you're talking, I have the two parts of my brain. The one part that's like, eh, because as a salesman, you need results to continue to sell. So, you know. But think about need, the reasoning behind that, though. Exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. And so I think that's just, I keep catching myself and they're like, yeah, but it's to make more money. And, you know, so, you know, you keep going back and forth. And so what is the priority? Um, and then there's also the idea of like coach conspiracy of like, do you care? Is it a natural byproduct that your clients don't hit their goals? So they need you. So they stay around. Um, you know, there's, there's that aspect as well. Right. It's like, okay, well, you know what? Like, cause I've seen it, right. I know you've seen it too. Um, where you have a client who is really, really excited, like not necessarily a client with, with us cause we're just better than everyone. Yeah. Um, None but, of what I'm saying here applies to us, by the way,
1: because we're just, because we make enough money to not care about the shit anymore.
0: Facts. No. Oh, shit. Um, no. So I think there's a, a, I think it's a natural byproduct of laziness and lack of focus, right? Because the coach is focused on the next buck. So what happens is a client comes in, the zeal is there, the coach is checking in with them and I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then that shit just kind of drones off. The client six months later is not where they want to be. And so they're like, I don't want to do this anymore. And the coach hops on. They go, Hey, no, I believe in you. over. And then they kind of ramps it back up and then like that. Right. And so it's interesting because I don't know if it's necessarily uh, an active not caring so much as it is a very easy distraction. And the fact that, like, Hey, I just need to keep bringing in more clients. I need to make more money. I need to do other things. Um, so the people who, are less promising because it's very easy to care about a client who is doing really well who is going to drive your business your show pony you know the one you can keep posting and and sharing and stuff like that but think about Uh, that it's it's it's
1: caring to an end right you're mm -hmm. caring about that client because the incentive behind that is getting you more clients driving your business right and i think I think that's the best way of thinking about it, right? Is It's it's not a not caring. It's what is the incentive driving the action? The incentive in almost every case, in a lot of cases, in a lot of cases, is not goodwill on the coach's end. It's not a, a true desire to see all of their clients succeed in their goals. It's, it's a transaction. The incentive is, there is a, a passing of money, a transferring of money from client to coach that transfer of money hopefully builds the coach's business, builds their reputation where they can get more money transferred and passed to them and on and on and on. But again, it's like, it sounds so heartless, but I think there also needs to be a realization and an understanding for most clients as well, that it's a business like mm-hmm. We, we are operating businesses, and as much as your coach cares about you, and they, they totally can care about you, right? Like, I care about all of my clients. I've always cared about all of my clients, but for a long time, I cared about my clients primarily because they were paying me money, and that sounds shitty. It sounds really shitty, but if you remove the money, all of a sudden, my care starts to dwindle really quickly, and I was very stressed back then. and I got very little sleep, but I focused on I need to make money rather than my clients need to, to achieve their goals. And again, not everyone thinks like me. And that does seem very like shitty to say out loud and very like, you know, capitalistic or whatever you want to call it. Um, very selfish. But I do think that if you're a client and you're wanting to work with a coach or hire a coach, you have to think about things in those terms, because then it all of a sudden grounds you and it makes situation feel much more like it is and it's a it's a transaction it literally is a transaction right um and like i said you know we're luckily at a point now we're like we don't have to view everything like a transaction it's still a business and it's more of a business now than it's ever been a business but we're far enough removed from the nitty-gritty That we're able to see, okay, cool. Like, What can we do now to actually make sure our clients achieve their successes, right? Yeah. But at the very beginning, it's very hard for any coach, especially coaches that are really struggling to make money, to get clients on their roster, to keep their head above water. It's hard for them to focus beyond what's right in front of their eyes. And most of the time, what's right in front of their eyes is debt, bills to be paid, all of the stress, all of that shit. It's not the client's goals or their successes. And hopefully I explained that well, but that's the way that, um, that I have kind of viewed things and it sounds bad, but again, I don't think it's necessarily a bad
0: thing. No, I mean, if you look at Mm. any industry, I mean, the, the people you want to care about you the most that you're paying your doctor, your teacher, your therapist, Right, like you want them to invest in your health, your knowledge, your mental well-being, and you want them to invest wholeheartedly. You want them to be underpaid
1: either please right, There's like yes, you want them to be paid proportional to the amount that they are going to care or give a shit about you, right? Like for me, I also wouldn't want politicians paid pennies who are supposed to be giving a shit about the decisions that will impact me, right? Because Well, all of a sudden they're going to have to make money somehow, right? So all of a sudden politicians turn to bribes. Well, we don't want that, right? Or police officers turn to corruption. Well, we definitely don't want that either, right? Or teachers are just perpetually underpaid or they move from public schooling to private schooling. So all of the good teachers go to private schools, all the the ones that actually give a shit versus public school teachers are the ones that are just out of college and they just need some kind of stepping stone job and they don't give a shit and they're just there to collect a paycheck, which... Again, like you understanding incentives, I think is really important, but like what you said, you know, like if you're, if you're paying a doctor, you're paying someone to actually care about you. You have to understand you can't pay them $5 an hour to really, truly give a shit about you. You have to pay them proportional to how much you want them to care. Yeah. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. a difference.
0: Go ahead. No, I was pretty much done. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say, there's definitely a difference. I think about like, I spent a lot of time working with surgeons um and the quality of care that i saw at a teaching hospital like uc obviously they have everything there right um and then you have more of like a privatized hospital like a a jewish hospital or something like that and also pristine beautiful update and then you go to the va and you know obviously a you know state federal funded hospital you know shit's dirty i'm like can you even do surgery in this room? Like, is this, is this sterile? Like, should we be in here? Um, you know, and so it's sad, you know, when you look at it that way, it sucks, right? These are people who served our country. Um, but the way that the government looks at it is like, well, we're not actively being paid by you, right? Like some insurance, GI bill, whatever, is taking care of this for us. And so we're not making what we should make. So we'll give you less, you know, we'll, we'll care just enough. Um, I was thinking in my head, like uh like task, sub you know, aside to what you said is that you know, if you are a paying client that and you're a good client, like say like your actual self-perception is on point and you actually are a really fucking good client, you make your coach's job really, really easy. There's a good chance that you're subsidizing someone who's not a good client. It's like I'm thinking in my head as a coach, you know, like nice. I, I, Yes, that's, that's 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 true. Right. The idea is in my head. I'm like, you know, because there are clients that pay me hundreds of dollars that I'm like, I mean, if you were like, hey, dude, I can't keep doing this. I can pay you like 150. I'm like, sure, dude, like you were, You're so easy. Um, And so there's an aspect of like, well, what about the person who's not right? You know, the person who is late every single week or they need to hop on a call every other week because they don't get something, or they're lacking, lacking motivation. Like that person just needs a bit more of that immersion. They need a bit more of that care, right? And you're like kind of rubbing your head, like, oh god, I don't want to talk to this person again, you know. But like, you have to put on that smile because, like, your job is to encourage and motivate and try to help them find their path to whatever it is they're trying to accomplish. And so, um, you know, the idea that like clients subsidize other clients because a coach has to pay their bills and take on a diversified group of people um, is obviously an interesting topic.
1: Yeah. But all my I, clients
0: are great. Just everyone else.
1: Yeah. Mine aren't. Um, but I, I'm I'm going to be done with this topic because I could keep expanding on it. So I'm going to give you the floor now. Um, so what, what's something that you want to
0: add to this? Word. Um, I mean, this is uh, definitely a, a strong switch from what we were just talking about um and we've talked about it before but i i think that the more and more i think about it the more and more i see and honestly like social media just it kind of sickens me sometimes so you sit there and i'm scrolling through shit and it's like oh god i hate this like um like without diving too much into it like i i I watched the victoria's secret um like the runway of dreams um then it was like all of their like different different team, or i guess different ability uh, models right so they kind of have they have a woman with no legs and she's like you know kind of pulling herself down the runway and another woman who's an amputee and she has a uh a like just like prosthetic and another one with no arm and i can't help but sit and look at victoria's secret and go you are so exploitive like or ex- 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 exploitative ex- right ex- yeah. So like, because like maybe some of you care, but what you're doing is you're trying to position yourself and and show yourself in a certain light. And I think if anything, you are skewing the opinion of people who are maybe not going to look into this the way that I think it should be viewed, which is that like you guys just kind of took an opportunity to make yourselves feel better and look better to make more money. Um, like, I'm sorry, but like a woman who doesn't have any legs, doesn't really need like different underwear, in my opinion, I could be really wrong, but like, it's kind of the same thing there. Right. You know, uh, I was actually they it the same way. Um, and so I look at that, like the body, the body pounds here, exactly. Right. I, I was like, I'm going to bring this up and I'm yeah. going to make sure that I try not to look at Bryce cause he's going to smile and I got to <laughs> avoid, but, um, so to bring it back to like the body positivity deal, right? I think that body positivity at its core definition is a good thing. I think that people should love their bodies. I don't think that self-loathing is a good recipe for longevity and life, obviously, um, success. Like you can't hate yourself into your goals, at least not sustainably. Um So, like, the idea of loving who you are, even if you're not exactly who you want to be just yet, whether that's in how you look, how you think, et cetera, is a good idea. But the body positivity movement has been commercialized, and I think that, in general, it is bad. I don't think that it is a good movement. Um, I think that it's been weaponized to encourage complacency. I think it's one of those things where, like, people who are... Grossly overweight and or unhealthy. Not saying everyone who is overweight is unhealthy, but for those who do fit, right? Obviously, we understand what the numbers say as far as heart disease and obesity and all comorbidities that come with being obese or you know severely overweight. That being said, a lot of the people like Lizzo, et cetera, have been able to turn around and say, "Hey, look, see, look. I can. I'm supposed to love me. Fuck you. Fuck you for telling me that I should be something different." And okay. Should someone be riding you and telling you, like, hey, like, you're a piece of shit, get your life together? No. But someone telling you, hey, this is the media we're going to put out that encourages people to be healthy. And if that means not being overweight, if that means exercising regularly, if that means changing your diet and stop, you know, or, or cut back on the habit of eating McDonald's three or four times a week. If you're telling me that I'm fat shaming people for that, then like fuck you. Because instead, I'm trying to help people. I'm trying to, to take what the science and the numbers say. And so I think that we were on a really steep trajectory, right? Like our generation might be the healthiest generation in however long, right? Like since World War ii years, right? Like our parents not healthy. Their parents not healthy. Like there was a huge turn for the worse for just like fatness in America for a while, and I think that like our millennial generation has definitely kind of like turned that. And the body positivity movement, I think, is stifling it a bit. Yeah. So, um, before
1: we go on, I definitely want you to better define what you mean by bad. So you said that you you think that the body positivity movement has been bad or just not good. So I definitely want you to define what you mean by that, or kind of. Um, give a little bit more, of uh, clarity before we actually like dive
0: further into this conversation. Cause I think that's important for sure. Yeah. I said bad to be edgy. Um, no, nah, I would define bad as in the way it's been carried out, right? Just like anything else in America. I think that things start off as really good ideas and then they're executed poorly, um, or half-assed. Okay. And I think that's like, just like I would say. The blm movement and there are parts of that, that i am like, hey, this was this was executed poorly like if you wanted to achieve this you did this the wrong way um so in that same breath i would say hey like the body positivity movement itself um has been executed the me too movement executed poorly in some aspects right so it's just like this is one of those things where it was there's some parts where i'm like yeah i have notes i have notes on on how you could probably get this to stay positive and not alienate people and also still encourage really healthy behaviors and taking care of oneself. Yeah, no, I I definitely um, I agree with
1: missing the mark or not necessarily landing where the optimal target would be. So what I mean by that is I think that most movements have a tendency to start off in the right direction and they overshoot and the reason for that is because there are a lot of things pushing those movements along and they start to pick up pick up people who were not necessarily there because they are they're not like the um the true believers right they pick up people who who wants to be kind of part of the ride. They want to kind of grift along and collect, collect the the benefits, collect some of the notoriety, collect some of the the virtue, like virtue signaling is what they're all doing. Um, But they're not really the people that were the ones that bootstrapped the movement from the get go. Right. So whenever you have a movement like body positivity, typically that's starting from somewhere of, you know, that's, it's genuine, right. Where it's like, Hey, this, this genuine, problem is there are people that are being shamed for their bodies and that's not okay and i think that we can all agree with that right like it doesn't have to be you know obesity it doesn't have to be something that is necessarily unhealthy but you know even something like you know you have you're missing a limb or you got uh, a big fucking head or you know you're you're balding or whatever right like it's it's just being comfortable in your skin i think everybody should Should have the right to be confident and comfortable in their own skin, no matter who they are, no matter how they were born, no matter what their genes are, all those things. But um, what has happened is what started out as a virtuous movement has progressed along and it picked up stragglers and picked up people who realized they could probably make some kind of profit on pushing the movement to its extremes. And unfortunately, there's not good feedback mechanisms built into these things, because what they do is they essentially say, if you disagree with us, then you're a bad person. Mm -hmm. So then everyone gets scared to voice what everyone else is thinking, which is, have we not gone a little too far? And then it slowly starts to settle in a position of normalization that is further than what everyone was initially comfortable with to begin with, right? And I'm not going to go (laughs) any specifics but everyone can already understand i'm sure where this conversation going but um but one thing i was going to mention before was the the black squares right um posted black squares on your instagram which funny because you and i actually had a, a lot of really in-depth conversations about these specific things back in 2020 um and it's that's another really good case of a movement that started out with the right motivations of we all look most people, the majority of people agree with the motivations behind Black Lives Matter or Black Lives Matter as an idea, an ideology, right? Like Black people having equality in society, Black lives do matter. Like those are good things. I don't think that very many people would argue with those, right? But it's it's the execution of the Mm -hmm. movement and how it actually carried out, which turned a lot of people against it, right? Where it's like, all right, you had me up to a point Everything beyond that point starts to feel very much like, I don't know if I'm still there with you, right? Um, And I think the body positivity movement is is similar to that, where it's like, all right, guys, I'm with you up to the point where we're saying everyone should feel comfortable and confident in their body. No one should be shamed for who they are. If you are overweight, that's okay. It's all right to be overweight, you know? But... There also has to be a realization and an honesty associated with this stuff where it's like, if you are overweight, understand that you would probably be healthier if you were an average weight. That says nothing about you being a bad person. Right. But it is statistics, it's the reality, right? You know, like if you're a 40 BMI and you were instead a 25 BMI, you'd probably be healthier in the latter scenario. And that's not me being an asshole. That's not being, you know, insensitive. That's just saying what the statistics are telling us. But people do like to argue with statistics and they say that statistics are racist or insensitive or xenophobic or whatever. And it's like, all right, guys, at what point do we just say like, this is kind of fucking bullshit and ridiculous. We need to all be rational and logical and say, all right, let's just draw the line and say anything on the left of this. Well, I don't want to say left or right, because then that's inherently political, Um, anything on this side of the line we agree is good like those are good things we want these things anything on the right we're like all right you know what maybe this is reserved for people that are kind of fucking extremists you know like they're pushing things a little too far Um, but i do agree with you right like i think that um sorry i'm like totally but um but I, i agree with you in the sense that like like if we want everyone to be comfortable in their own body, I think we also have to be promoting the same thing for people who want to be fit. And I think that's where we've really missed the mark too, where it's all of a sudden like not okay to actually want to be better, right? You have to you have to basically say like not only is your body okay the way that it is, but me wanting to improve my body – is not okay because that will make you feel bad about your body it's like what like in what world does this make any sense like just say it out loud speak it like that and then all of a sudden you're like
0: this is pretty fucking stupid well i mean it's like planet fitness right no lungs allowed right we can't let anyone coming in who looks like they train all the time come train here or maybe we should make them feel uncomfortable to train here because we don't want the people who don't look like them to feel uncomfortable and it goes back to like just us not being adults like just people not being able to cope and work through their own shit um that protects my peace which essentially is the code for i don't like confrontation so anything that is against anything that i think or feel i will not deal with I've had people, and I'm sure you probably have as well, I don't know if you have had anyone, like, I've had friends tell me, hey, bro, I had to unfollow your account, males and females, because seeing the fitness stuff, it triggers me, and I'm just like, okay, okay, um, fair enough, and someone told me that, you know, that their therapist told them that maybe that's a good idea, et cetera, et cetera, and I'm not knocking Would the advice they're receiving from licensed professionals? I do believe there's probably room for, hey, listen, if something puts you over the edge and you're in an opportunity to, or an opportunity period to heal or to distance yourself from something that is consistently pushing you to, you know, dark places, um, whether that is like, you know, bad health habits or just self loathing, et cetera. Cool. I get that, right? Like, if you're an alcoholic, don't go to a bar. However, If you're that same alcoholic, have you really overcome or healed if alcohol can be nowhere near you ever? Otherwise you collapse. Right. And if you haven't, have you have you progressed? Have you gotten any better? Right. Body positivity should be for everyone. I remember the very first time I thought it was a cool post. I saw a girl who was flexing in the mirror. And I remember looking at this girl and like, dude, she's fucking jacked. Her body's tight, like da-da-da-da, whatever. And then she showed her like one of her unflex. She didn't look look grossly overweight. She just didn't look as jacked and as hourglassy as she normally does. I'm like, that's actually a cool pose. Probably for a lot of women out there to see and men. So yeah, okay, this is a, a presentation. And then it turned into let me pose and twist my body as hard as I can so that my dimensions look crazy. And then let me sit on a couch, curl over and like fold my skin over my tight waistband (laughs) look at all my it's like and like blow out my stomach it's like okay well now it's a gimmick right now this is something that has turned into something that people like you said are like bandwagoning for for clout or for attention um and it's it's lost its purity and then of course it takes on a very just uh turbulent and controversial and almost alienating you know uh uh, presentation right because then you have people like me who used to be like that's a cool post go like dude unfollow get get off my page like i don't even care what you're saying anymore now because i note that that's a grab that's a grab this is no longer genuine this doesn't feel good anymore it feels icky if anything it feels like you're exploiting these people like and then on the same end for the people who unfollow who are being empowered to say hey listen the idea of being fit doesn't have to be your idea. You can decide to just kind of like completely separate from that idea. And in doing that, you should remove anyone who makes you feel like you should think otherwise. It's like, well, now you're you're not actually removing the people, you're removing data, education, knowledge. You're like, hey, listen, I'll just like trap myself in a bubble so that I can continue to think and feel the way I want to feel. Instead of saying, you know what? I am educated on the numbers. I understand what at mass This level of BMI means and where it correlates, and at mass, what this diet correlates to. However, like I mentioned earlier, being overweight, having a BMI that's over 30 or 35 doesn't necessarily correlate to you being grossly obese. We know several athletes in the NFL right now whose BMIs are way high, but you have to take into consideration, okay, like body comp, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So what happens is these extremist people get caught up in rallying for or against an idea based on the minutiae the details. They go, well, I'm 20 pounds overweight, but my blood panels are normal. Okay, well, that is you. But generally speaking, right, that's what these numbers are for. And so to just completely like throw data out the window, throw science out the window and say that you're teaching people to hate themselves, I think is just bad form. And
1: I'll add one, potentially one and a half things to what you just said. Um, because we're actually we we fucking gave ourselves a 30 minute cutoff and it's so funny because we never get anything done in 30 minutes but um so a couple of things i want to add to that so one i think that that behavior um the extremist isolationist us against them body positivity is incredibly toxic very toxic right like if you are so selfish in your body positivity that other people have to be careful about being happy about their bodies around you that's fucking toxicity and so i'll say the same thing it's the same as white guilt shoot me i don't i don't give a fuck right like i i'll just say it right like i don't think that i should be guilty for something that people that i've never met in my life that i've never been related to did hundreds of thousands of years ago or whatever right hundreds of Mm -hmm. years ago. say that For me, I can be very aware of the problems that arise today in the past because of decisions that were made, right? I do not have to be guilty about those things, right? Like I do not have to go out of my way to rectify situations that I personally did not cause, but I should be aware of them, right? I should be aware of the realities, But by the same token, we'll just say it, Chris, if you were getting in my face, telling me how guilty I should be about my ancestors' decisions, I'd be like, bro, that makes, like, I can't get behind you on that, right? Like, but again, conversations that you and I have had where you're like, bro, this is the reality of the situation that I face. And I'm like, I get that. I totally understand. I am with you on that. We agree. I understand that these are problems, you know? going back to the body positivity thing before I, we both get canceled, um, going back to the body positivity thing. It's the same thing, right? Like I can be very aware of the problems that people face in society, being overweight or being different, being an outlier, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Right. But that doesn't mean that I have to be guilty for being fit. You know, like that's fucking crazy to say that. Right. Or and I'll just I'll add this too. There's someone that I follow. I'm not gonna like mention by name. There's someone that I follow. Do it. Do it. Um, oh no, no, no. Let's say it has nothing to do with has nothing to do with him. He posted a transformation recently, but in his capture about his transformation, he was extremely cautious about saying that the only reason his motivation for improving his body was to not get injured or to alle- like to continue to alleviate pain, right? Because he was in pain. It wasn't because he was uncomfortable or wanted to improve his body. He was very, very, very careful about saying, I didn't do this because I wanted to improve my my aesthetics, my physique, to improve sex appeal for my wife. And then he also added, everyone's body is beautiful, like all these things. Dude, just say that you wanted to fucking look better, bro. Like, that's okay. It is okay to say that you want to look better. That is not a fucking problem. Like... Mm-hmm. Again, it's, it's it's toxic behavior for people to pull others into their misery, and it's, it's Reddit behavior is what it is. I'm going to leave it at that. It's Reddit behavior, but we can also say that it's also a cop-out, right? So a lot of these things are cop-outs for not actually wanting to improve, and there was something that you said a second ago about like, hey, you know, like, professionals are you know listen to professional advice most professionals are fucking stupid straight up like most most therapists are fucking stupid and most therapists just- like all right i'm not, i'm not gonna miss words most are right they might be book smart they might have passed an exam but most don't actually know how to give therapy to the individual right, right. how to actually help people they just give the same templated bullshit advice carrying that over, say the same thing about most coaches, right? But coaches are, in general, a little bit more predatory, because they can kind of like shapeshift, they're like little fucking chameleons, they can shapeshift to market towards exactly what people are telling them they want. So if people are all of a sudden, like, oh, man, like, I don't want a fitness coach, because I'm being told that I should be happy about my body, no matter how it is. Like, I don't need a fitness coach anymore. Well, all of a sudden, good thing for you. I'm an empowerment coach. (laughs) See, like I'm, I'm a life coach. See, not fitness. We're just going to make you more confident. We're going to make you happier. I'm going to give you advice that is fucking useless and you can't measure, but you're still going to pay me. So that's how this shit works. Right? So like, again, you have to understand why people do this shit. So, not to be a fucking dickhead but if you're an empowerment coach what are you empowering right what are you empowering how are people measuring that empowerment like what are you using like is it like what is it by what like i don't understand like life coach how are you measuring your fucking
0: value like well also most life coaches if you look at their lives shouldn't be coaching anybody Most relationship coaches shouldn't be coaching anybody. (laughs) Most financial coaches shouldn't be coaching
1: anybody. Most sex coaches, like, you can straight up say whatever you want to. Most people who are coaches should not be coaching on that thing, right? Like, I'm a fucking fitness coach. I struggle to handle my own fitness. Like, straight up. I'll be honest, right? I've done it before. I'm pretty good at doing it. But it's not easy because I'm fucking busy now. But, Mm -hmm. again, it's like, you and I both – vehemently agree because we have so many clients that struggle with confidence and we have clients that like objectively have awesome physiques that struggle with confidence. And I'm sure that you would, you would agree with, with this, but like, I mean, at times I struggle with confidence in my own physique because I'm always around people that have fucking great physiques. I'm like, God damn, like i really let myself go. Like, it's crazy to say that shit. Right. But we're very pro confidence. We're very pro being comfortable in your skin, no matter what, but we're all, we're also very pro like wanting to improve no matter what, like, like just because you were dealt a less than great hand doesn't mean that you should just accept that, especially if it's compromising your health. Right. And you also just can't bury your head in the sand and pretend like that statistic doesn't exist right again we don't need to go over the numbers but the numbers do exist they're there so i think that the movement right the move body positivity movement it's one of those things it's just another case of something that started out good overshooting its target i am not going to hold my breath that it will recede back to a good place but i do think it is good that people are noticing it and they're starting to push back and say all right i think maybe." We should have a collective discussion about like where we want this positivity to actually be like what we want to be positive about.
0: Yeah, no, I'm going to, um, attempt to, to put a bow on this. Um, we're touching on just a couple of like really, really good points and kind of highlighting those that you made. Um, one is kind of like the, the metaphor of white guilt in comparison to, you know, the body positivity movement. And I think that. Huh? No, I think that's, I think it's huge. I think it's, it's one of those, it's like, I mean, I think that's one of the biggest things I've had extensive debates with friends about approaches and how we should and shouldn't interact with white people, right? What, how those conversations should go. And I've always said, I wanted white people to be aware. I said, just aware because awareness changes things. I don't need you to be Angelina Jolie and go out and adopt five kids from Africa. Like, I don't I don't need that. First of all, there's kids starving in her own city. You don't need to adopt kids from Africa. Like You can help people in your city right now. There is no action item I'm going to give you after having a conversation with me about police brutality or any sort of just like skewed prison system, et cetera. Knowing is going to change how you do little things. And it's the little things that change everything else. Awareness is big. A person who is super proud of the physique they've built, taking selfies, shouldn't be shamed by a person behind them who's not in shape, quote unquote, videoing them going, look at this person. Just, oh my God, so stuck up, so conceited, da-da-da-da-da, whatever. I was like, tell me that you're sad without telling me that you're sad. You know, like, I think that that, like, shitting on someone else's pride in themselves because you don't have that yet, or maybe you don't have it that way, is just really fucked up. You don't know their story. You have no idea what they're going through. You have no idea what they've overcome. You have no idea what 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 they did to get to where they've gotten. So the whole like cliche phrase, like you don't buy a Ferrari to park it in the garage. Like when you see guys training with their shirts off at the gym and you call them douchebags. It's like, again, like you don't know what they did to achieve what they've achieved. You don't know what battles have been fought. All you see is the outside. And so to sit and go, well, that person makes me feel bad about myself because they keep taking their shirts off and they're fit. I'm like, that's a demon. You got to fight, bro. That has nothing to do with him, you know? And so, again, that isolationist, that, uh, you know, us versus them mentality that, like, the world needs to bubble wrap itself. Not me take care of myself. The world should bubble wrap itself and come off as more palatable and softer and easier so that I feel safer to exist is is just not the way to go, right? Like. People can meet you and understand you, but the idea that they should change so you feel more comfortable just is, is, is not realistic, man. Yeah. Well, like one more thing, one more thing.
1: You ha- think about how systems in the world become stronger. Mm-hmm. They get tested. They get stressed. They get strained. Pressure is applied to those systems and then they come back stronger. They reinforce themselves. You destroy some DNA. All of a sudden, your DNA comes back with a solution to whatever fucking destroyed it to begin with, right? You get a virus, your immune system gets stronger to protect it against that virus in the future. Like, your fucking house blows down in a hurricane, all of a sudden you build the next house with reinforcements. With a a bit stronger walls, a bit stronger foundation. Like, that's how things in the real world get stronger. But if you insulate yourself from fucking everything, you live in a bubble... You're never going to become stronger in any capacity, especially as a fucking human being, right? Like you're never going to understand how to overcome adversity. And this is, you and I have had these conversations about whenever you're young, you need to be put in stressful situations so that you can learn how to deal with them and overcome them. You need to be put in positions to fail. Whenever you're a child, you shouldn't be coddled. Like you should not be coddled. Like I'm a dick, but I also think that children should be cut off as soon as they move out. Like, you should not fund your children. You shouldn't put them up in some nice-ass luxury apartment. You shouldn't pay for all their bills. You shouldn't buy their car for them. You shouldn't gift them with a stipend of thousands of dollars every month, right? You shouldn't be solving their problems that they create or that they come across. Yeah, like, make them fucking play sports as a kid. Make them suffer losses. Make them understand failure. Like, they need to understand this shit. You have to let people figure this stuff out for themselves. Otherwise, they will never learn how to be a functioning adult in, this, in, this, in society. Wow, I can't get that out. Um, and I think this goes back to just being able to see things in the world that you don't like or be able to have conversations that you don't agree with, right? You and I are on the same page with this because we've talked about specifically this topic, right? Where if people have never been disagreed with before, And they've never been on the side of losing, quote unquote, losing an argument or someone presenting a case that they vehemently disagree with. Right. Imagine a a black person having a conversation with uh, a racist Mm -hmm. like you need to be subjected to that shit. So you understand how to handle it like an adult. Right. Just because you see someone wearing a Confederate flag T-shirt doesn't mean that you can go up and fucking punch them in the back of the head while they're not looking like that's not how people who disagree behave you don't have to like them you don't have to like them but you don't you should not insulate yourself from the real world either right so wow all right this conversation like it's crazy how as soon as we start going like like i can start getting like fucking super animated with this stuff um
0: now i wrote it down as like something we have to have a conversation about in the future like a full more extensive like podcast about this well you and i've had enough conversations over the last
1: few years i mean fuck we've known each other for a decade but i I think especially since 2020 whenever you know all of that stuff started becoming like really really divisive and you and i started having many more of these like what i would consider to be like difficult conversations and coming from positions where we aren't necessarily aligned on everything and we're trying to figure out why the other person believes or thinks the way that they do and I think I would give you and I a lot of credit, mostly me credit, but collectively credit for us both being able to always have like really adult conversations. Like, I don't think you and I have ever had a conversation where we've like gotten so frustrated to where we've like had to walk out or like, or, you know, into the conversation, like just like fucking steaming or like silent or anything like that. We've definitely disagreed at times and like not, been able to get to a point of agreement. um, But I, that's normal, right? Like, you're, you're not going to agree with every single person, even your best friend, even your parents, even your spouse. There
0: are going to be things that you're always going to disagree on. Like, you don't want a parrot. You want You want friction because yeah. friction helps things become better, right? Like, it, it gives you texture when you have friction. You don't want smooth edges by the time you get to 30 because that means you haven't really faced anything. You know, and I would actually... I would give myself way more credit, but, um, no, I mean, it's one of those things where I would typically say, because we're hyper logical beings that we always have a similar center. It's the way we look at it. And I don't think that that's a bad thing, right? Like, I don't think that because like. If everyone wants world peace and everyone has you know nine billion different ways of getting there, then it's like okay, well then no one's wrong, right? Like I think every every perspective is valid. Let's listen to it if we can. Take the best ideas because I'm sure there's plenty of stupid ones. Um, But I think that you know, but I think for for us in having conversations, and I think it's it's interesting because I was in my head thinking like all of the emotional conversations aside from the emotional. difference in us having different skin color, right? So you talk about trauma and family, you talk about friendship, you talk about, we view a lot of those things the same way because emotionally and logically we view them the same way. So the only time we ever really had any sort of friction was when it was like, well, our emotional veils are different. And I think that's, again, the key point. Like I was able and able to acknowledge, I think I remember saying to you in a conversation, like, no, dude, I understand that that is an emotional take, but I think that there has to be an emotional admittance in some of these things when you're talking about how to resolve something that is not logical, right? When you talk about people not liking each other or belittling each other for the way they look, whether it is, you know, because someone's fat, we're going to isolate all just like obese people and put them in camps. Or we're going to isolate all Asian people and put them in camps. Like it's not, it's not founded in rationality. None of it makes any sense. And so you almost to have a logical conversation, have to admit the inherent emotional attachments to things. Um, but in all of that, we've always been able to find, like, that sensor of, like, no, like, I, I want the same thing. Like, I've been able to sit there and say, yeah, I think that black people should be held accountable, just not by white people. Not because I don't think that, like, people can, but because it will not go over well. It just won't. I like, it's it's not about it being right or wrong. It just won't go over well. Having someone who doesn't look like you tell you what you should or shouldn't do, not having lived your life, is not going to be received by many humans well. That's not me saying that, like, white people don't have a right to speak up so much as it is like, it's just, it's just what is, it's just literally what is. And that's the admittance of that emotional piece. And so with body positivity, it's like, I'm not out here to go out and hand out pamphlets to every person that I see wearing over a 35 inch waist pant. Hey bro, you need this. Hey bro, you need this. Hey bro, you need this. However, I'm not going to stop, you know, posting about what is healthy per the numbers, what people should strive for per the numbers, should they want to live a long, you know, and healthy and able life. Yeah, Bank. I, I had to, I had to like stop myself. Otherwise, I'm yeah, no, I got to pee. Fuck up. Yeah,
1: so <laughs> we can wrap this up because um, I, I definitely think that that was a good one. Um, obviously, that one's pretty far reaching, but we, we should definitely do these more often because I think that even just presenting like a single statement or a single like contrarian belief opens up a really interesting dialogue that we can go in a million different directions in so yeah let's close this shit out i'll let you do it again because i don't want to do it and yeah we'll have to
0: do this again i'm gonna do it better this time bryce put me on the spot last time and i don't have a haircut so i just like <laughs> my head around in a certain way uh but thank you again for joining us for this installment of the p2 podcast um we will continue to do this in different iterations again as mentioned before a q a style things from you guys things from us let us know what you want to see in the comment section and, you know, you know, reactions, DMs, et cetera. Again, you can listen to this on all platforms, in the car, on Spotify, Apple Music, at home. You can watch our pretty faces go back and forth. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you want to hear. Again, thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.